Donnie started clicking. Have you seen that? It's yeah. just incessant. I actually sent him a video of Horatio doing his famous double click. <laughs> you know it's really bad for your fingers. Yep. Yeah. Still do it though, so. Yeah, you're a bad boy. Yeah. That's what happens when you're a legend. <laughs> okay, so. So what's happened since last time? Um, <laughs> well. Had the baby. Big thing. Big very, thing. very big thing. Um, Strange, isn't it? Well, it doesn't feel like that long ago. The last time we did a podcast was in October, so I guess it isn't actually that long ago. Really? Was it in October? It was right at the beginning of October, which is only last month because it's, you know, November. Well, it's almost the end of November. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Gosh, it's it's kind of doesn't feel... I don't. I feel like everything's been on pause mm -hmm. for the last six weeks. Mm -hmm. um, it's It still is on pause, obviously, with lockdown and everything, but I, I think... So should we talk about what happened in the since the last po podcast and this podcast sure I mean like it's obviously one very obvious what's yeah. happened to you um and a question that I got a lot was people wanting to know about your actual birth experience well I um, didn't realize that I would have the baby so quickly after mm -hmm. the la last podcast mm -hmm. um yeah, he did come exciting. early so shall I do the Shall I do the, um, I, I really, really do want to do a birth story mm -hmm. blog. So maybe you should like save, other people. S save like the detail. Yeah, save. I'll write that beautifully in yeah, a Patreon no, 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 post. No. It will be moving. Mm -hmm. It will be really moving. It was very moving. Yeah. It was. As I, as I was experiencing it, I was thinking this wow. would be a really beautiful, beautiful film. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that all the time whenever I'm on the train. Um, and I'm looking out of the window and it's like a misty window and I'm listening to, you know, some sort of like Kate Bush. And I think, yeah, no, this, this would be the scene in the film that would really get me. But then I realise I don't know what the beginning or the middle or the end is. Yeah. It's just that scene on the train that yeah. I've got nailed. Well, that scene it. is going to be amazing. I just need to work out the, the plot. The story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's the thing with the, with the birth and the whole... Uh, the whole catastrophe and trauma of it, it was just, it was written, it was writing itself. Yeah. But as it was going on and it was awful, I was thinking, I don't want to remember any of this. Mm -hmm. I really didn't. And I'm so, I mean, we've t spoken about it loads, but you know, my diary and stuff, I usually am. You and your diary have spoken about it loads. <laughs> well, like your no. diary is the second me, me and my diary, <laughs> my good friend, diary. Um, has you know I'm, I'm, just gonna put, I'm okay just gonna that's fine yeah this is not me trying to look like a cowboy yeah. it's just more if I show my nipple you have to blur we'll that blur out. out okay yeah um, don't worry so yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, I I you know I love writing down everything that happens every tiny thing and as this was happening and he had to go into the neonatal unit and the the week that was the worst week but also a really beautiful mm -hmm. weird strange week. Um, I didn't want to remember anything. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just so traumatic, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But I think that was a mistake in a in a way. And I did have one night when I when it was start when I was starting to turn a corner, and I thought that actually, I think he's going to come downstairs, and I think he's going to be okay. Um, I did have this kind of half an hour frenzy of writing a, a document on my iPad of hospital stuff. It's called because it was it was terrifying the entire thing and there were just so many beautiful moments with other patients and other nurses and midwives and it was just it was it was a, a, a massive growth experience for me mm -hmm. and do you find that having gone through um this birth now with two kids already and like being slightly older than you were when you had Donnie and Margot yeah um did you feel like you were going to be stronger and more mentally prepared and you were surprised by yeah, totally. how scary it still was? Totally. Because you saw the whole pregnancy. I was so fit. Mm -hmm. I was kind of doing my weird Pamela Reef workouts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I only managed about seven minutes of each mm -hmm, one. Mm -hmm. I tried doing one the other day and I only gave up after <laughs> two minutes. I am obsessed with her. Pamela Reef. Mm. She, Pamela Reef, she's, look her up. Yeah, but she's only famous on Instagram yeah. and YouTube. Mm -hmm. But she's so famous. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think she's German. Yeah, no, she is. But you wouldn't know because she never speaks. And you wouldn't know how old she is. She mm. could be 50. Mm. She could be 12. Mm. Mm. Um, I kind of hope that she's uh, 50. That I think she's be... 25. Mm, that's a shame. Yeah. Anyway, she... So I was really... I was thinking, right, I'm going to be so strong. So when I give birth, I'm just going to be so good with my pelvic floor and I'm just going to get them out and then we're going to be home within six hours and then we're going to start our lives together and everything's organized and the house is going to be tidy and I'm going to finish my novel and we will have done our podcast and we, I'll be setting up, you know, how I'm going to work from home and how I'm going to be a mother of three and how, it's all going to be fine and I'm going to be organized and if I'm fit and I'm strong, I can handle it. Mm -hmm. 
But what happened was com- completely the opposite. Everything was taken out of my control. I thought that I had a couple of I thought I had a couple more weeks of getting everything sorted and organized and and then it just all was beyond my control and I was in the hospital and he was early and that was that. And nothing is sorted. The house is a tip. I didn't finish my book. I knew I wouldn't finish it. Mm-hmm. I just knew. And it's kind of been a really humbling experience because now I know that it doesn't matter really, yeah, you know. Exactly. It was never ever gonna work out to plan. And if it had it would have been shit probably in its own way. Yeah, I think there's just no point in having a plan no, in life. Genuinely. And I think something that maybe globally everyone will have learned from this pandemic is that there's obviously there's no way that you can predict anything happening, good mm. or bad. But ultimately I found this second lockdown really difficult at the beginning. Um How long have we been in it? I, I don't I don't know. I think maybe two months? No. You second lockdown? So, I don't know. No. We've barely been in a week. That's not true. No. No. Somewhere in the middle of those two crazy Two things. months or one week. <laughs> it's either two months or one week. It's like a week and a half. Are you serious? You thought it was two months. Yeah, it's finished on a December. Complete lie. No, it finished on December the second. It finishes on December the second. When did it start? And it started in October. Okay, it did. You're crazy. Okay, fine. I was just in a very, very bad place. Yeah, clearly. And (laughs) clearly, time and space just goes out of the window. And I think I realised halfway through when I was just like, you know, in a really miserable like place, and everything was getting really difficult and grief stuff started to get really bad and I felt selfish because I was like the only reason why it's getting really bad is because I feel bad about other stuff and it's all kind of merging yeah. together I realized it was probably because I was trying so desperately to be productive and feel like I would have achieved something in this period of time which of course I have and everyone has in ways that they probably don't even realize and appreciate but the second I realized okay I'm not actually making myself happy or anyone else feel happy or good by being, being a so bitch. miserable and being, being a bitch. bitch. Yeah, being an absolute bitch. Then I decided to stop trying to, to achieve anything and instead just do stuff that would actually make me happy and like feel good. And honestly, from that point, not only have I been so much happier, but I've also been more productive. You've learned so to drive. I've learned to drive and, you know, a bunch of other stuff. So, yeah, I think I you just have like to let go. You really, like, maybe that's something that people will learn now. Like, mm-hmm. you have to let go of having any expectations with regards to motherhood and work. Mm-hmm. And I have to let go of any expectations regarding what my life is going to be like or, you know, how I can be a successful person because successful people are the happy, confident ones. Well, that's the thing about lockdown in this whole year for everybody, and especially, well, for mainly people in the creative industry, but for other industries too. Suddenly people are having to completely rethink their entire careers, Mm -hmm. their entire futures. You can't just go on stage anymore and do a gig or you can't just... There's the possibilities are so narrow now Mm -hmm. for our for what we do Mm -hmm. so I mean even with things like writing the book I don't think genuinely I thought about it when I got the book deal that I would be writing a novel Mm -hmm. this year I thought oh I'll be doing other stuff but I'll also be writing a book I'll be doing uh, you know we would have done so many shows Mm -hmm. by now we would have gone to Edinburgh Alfie would have gone to Australia Alfie would have done Edinburgh too Alfie would have you know fucked a load of women Mm -hmm. um (laughs) it's just all been so you know (laughs) Not, we haven't been able to do any of that I stuff. Know. But we were able to, you know, make this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Together. And I and you've been able to work with me on the book. And mm-hmm. it's just now I kind of think of my next five years, even though I don't ever think really in the future. But I don't know what will happen. And I don't have any expectation of, for my career yeah. or, or anything, really. And that could be seen as incredibly negative and hopeless. But I think it's quite refreshing for people to suddenly have to be like, actually... Yeah. I'm going to do something completely different. Exactly. And also, I think that you're lucky in a way because no matter what happened this year, you've made a person. So like, yeah. that's a really impressive thing. With so many babies. Yeah. So many babies were born. I know. There were so many babies at the hospital. Mm. I mean, I know that that's is normal. Is there like an unusual amount of babies, do you think? I, feel I like think there is more. I think more babies have been born. I there feel like is this more is the second baby boom. Yeah. So this generation is going to be like the second boomers so they're probably going to be really annoying and judgmental but I feel kind of quite excited for them as a generation because even though it's been such a hassle having to kind of go through this COVID thing everyone is a little bit more cautious everybody is a little more grateful when things do work out and Mm -hmm. things can go ahead oh there's one magpie fuck off yeah fuck off I hate it I hate it when I'm just feeling positive and like happy in the day I just happened to look out the window and there's always one fucking magpie. I saw one, always one on that same roof though. I saw two, so I can transfer the two to you. Yeah, we both know that doesn't work, BB. 
but thank you something really superstitious that jesse used to make me do when we were young was um those you know those uh the, what do you call the grates the the, the, ch- ch- the drains the drains on the floor that either come in twos or threes a two walking over a two was lucky so yeah. you would actively try and walk over a two but a three that was unlucky and the only way that you could cancel out the bad luck was by stepping on it clapping and saying cha-ching ka-ching ka-ching yeah <laughs> and a one was neutral a one didn't really matter you kind of got that right basically if it's a three and you step on a three then you've got to find a two and step on the two and say ka-ching oh. twos aren't necessarily lucky oh, it's the threes that are, you got to oh, you you gotta, stay away you from stay away from the threes yeah can you hear so, <laughs> so I got loads of questions on Instagram yeah, uh, okay. about things that we could talk about. Okay. So you can basically, I'll say them and then you can say yes or no if you want to talk Shall about I just them. make a disclaimer now? Is a disclaimer, what is a disclaimer? Disclaimer is like a sort of, you're being cautious, you're like kind of apologising in case so, you say what you're about to say might offend someone. Oh no, this won't offend anyone. Oh no. <laughs> no, so basically when we were in the hospital, um, you have the baby and you immediately want to share the fact that you've had a baby. It's kind of a really, it feels urgent to tell people you've had a baby and this is its name and this is how much it weighs in pounds and even though they don't use pounds anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so on day three of being in the hospital, um, he was still in the neonatal unit and it was still kind of shaky territory, but I, I, I just, I was alone because you, you couldn't really have the, uh... oh, it's okay. So basically... I I said to Alfie, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna put his name. I'm gonna I'm gonna Instagram, I'm gonna Instagram the baby. Okay, have you taken a photo of me? And he sent a photo to me that I was happy with, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna Instagram the baby. That will make me feel like I've got something to do in this night of being alone, and because partners can't stay with you and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, you just vomited, didn't you? Yeah. There you go. So I I Instagrammed it, and I said to everybody, okay, this is its name. Um, this is what's happened. Thank you. I did a really nice Instagram, and I thought yeah. that's, no, it was nice. It was that's nice. really and I beautiful. felt really happy for you because I knew that you were so like Excited distressed. About it. Um, but I knew that that Instagram, I was like, she needed that. Yeah, she I did. I did that. need it, mm-hmm. and I got oh Jesus Christ, the oh, likes, the likes. That was insane. It was it was one of the best moments of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it made it all worth it. God, yeah, that's that's why having a baby is worth it, isn't just it? It's the just likes, the social validation, the fucking likes, mm. you know. Anyway, so I, I felt really good about it. And then the next day when Alfie came in in the morning, as he did every morning to give me a coffee and to be there because they can only be there for a few hours in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, no man, weird, no yeah, man's land. Like a utopia. Really eerie, mm. really eerie. Anyway, um, I said, did you see the post I did? You know, are you going to do one? And what had happened was, even though we had confirmed the name yeah. multiple times in the pregnancy, I made a crucial error of not saying to Alfie, I am going to Instagram the baby and his full name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically what it turned out, Alfie had decided that he didn't like the name anymore and he wanted to change the name. Well, not so didn't by this like point, it, but well, just he, felt he, like it didn't suit him. It felt like right? it didn't suit him. And basically Alfie then, after getting kind of 50,000 likes, mm-hmm. everyone remembering the name of the baby that was no longer called this. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I even did an Instagram about his name too. <laughs> and Jamie. Mm. Um, so we've gone through a bit of a, a identity crisis and now we don't know what to call the baby. Yeah. So now everyone is calling the baby Bam on Instagram, mm. which I like, but Alfie doesn't. I like, I like Bam too. But it autocorrects on your phone to capital letters BAM! Yeah, which is cool. It's like a comic book character. Yeah, but it's also what happens in TV and film when somebody's like, and then BAM, it happened. Yeah, and something true. bad happened that's usually. That's true, yeah. So he's also seems like he's got quite a gentle soul, and maybe Bam feels a bit too kind of like harsh. in your face. Yeah, I mean they called me baby for like six weeks. That's why I'm called Bebe. Bebe. So, Jamie can see Bebe. Exactly. So I think that you know his name will come naturally. Definitely. Yeah. So, but we'll just, just refer to him as baby. Well, he's called the baby, and if if you are listening to this uh, and you have have commented under my things, Bam, don't because it really upsets Alfie. So okay. <laughs> yeah. Protect the man's feelings. But even Alfie's dad commented under a photo I put on a couple of days ago. He commented, um, oh, is, is that, is, did Donnie play Bam or Bam play Donnie? Even though we had told him mm. that that was mm. the name of It's difficult, though, because people then associate, you know, like a name is a very powerful thing. Yeah. Once you know that, it's kind of difficult to, like, forget it. Definitely. So, um, Do you ever okay. think, that's my name? Yeah, that I find it, I find saying BB really strange. It doesn't you feel like. Feel, but you suit it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, don't I'm see sure. Jesse. Of course you see no, Jesse. I'm not a farmer. 
We've had this conversation on the podcast plenty of times yeah. before. Okay, I so do feel weird about it though. So some of the um, questions that I got were, you know, very interesting and like repeated. So I kind of like merged them together. Okay. People wanted to know about your birth story, and we've covered that. We've covered that. I'm going to do a, do a long, one. beautiful, like poetic mm. birth mm-hmm. story on Patreon that people are going to have to pay to read. Oh, god, yeah, because exactly. it's so beautiful. Exactly. So you know, subscribe to the Patreon. Yeah. If you want to get the juicy gossip on that. Yeah. Um, People wanted to know about our opinions on the US election and general political landscape. That's hilarious. I know, I know. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. I was like, do you really, really want to put yourself through that, hearing us fucking talk about it? I saw somebody commented um, one question idea, which was, I saw you two pop up in industry, the oh, show gosh, on BBC. Yeah. Mm. I was wondering how that came about. How did you but get that job? How did you get that we have acted before. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> we have agents. No, 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 no. The most insulting one is when people say, um, are you ever going to uh, be on TV again? <laughs> that happens all the time do to you me. Want to, do you want to do films again? Yeah. Like, what kind of roles would you like to do if you were to perform again? Because you've clearly taken a break. Yeah. And that's... that's um, I get that all the time too. That hurts me a little. Have you done anything since Harry Potter? Yeah. It was 12, <laughs> it was 12 fucking years ago, bitch. So I think I've done a few things. Yeah, it is. <laughs> The industry thing was funny. Wasn't the industry. It? We, we did that like two days after we finished Edinburgh last yeah. year. Yeah, and you can see from how we look in industry. We 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 obviously hated our costumes, but we also looked just dead behind the oh, eyes. Completely, <laughs> completely. Because that was like six months. No, in. no, not even six months. It was August, so March to August. Five yeah. take away three. Wow. Is that how you do maths? August, take away... No, March. Eight, take away March. April, May, June, July, August. Five months. Five months. You, Five were, months. you were nearly there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we look sad. We look sad, but like sexy. Yeah. In, in, in a sad way. Yeah, it's just a shame they put us in such frumpy clothes. I know. And I was wearing that a Corbyn t-shirt. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we have we have acted and we, we, we mm-hmm. are trying to still act. So It's don't... trying. Like, it's a goal. Like, maybe we should start a Kickstarter you know, to get to me get and Jesse on the screen again. That job. would be great. So if yeah. you guys could help us with that, that would be greatly yeah. appreciated. And just try not to comment things like that again. Because it's very hurtful, isn't it? <laughs> like, it's funny, but it's it's deeply painful when your passion in life just doesn't work out. When you're so trying really hard to do really something. Really fucking hard. And it's not going anywhere. I mean, I've had so many self-tapes recently as well, but like, have actually not been terrible and it makes me feel so stupid every time that I'm like, no, no, I don't need acting and it's fine because I'm writing and I'm doing work with my sister and I'm finally in a place in my life where I can realise that as an adult, I have the power to do things. And then I get a self-tape in and literally two seconds later, I'm like, I'm going to be famous. <laughs> <laughs> my life is finally going to mean something. Yeah. I dread, and this is really bitchy and you'll hate this, but okay. we can talk about it in a public forum, sure. I think, and it'll be moderately funny and you'll only find it slightly insulting. Okay. Um, is when you get a good self-tape, I just hate it. Because I worry, I worry, because I just know what it's like when you think, when it's a really good one and you really want it. And it's just like, oh, you're going to fall, your your hopes and everything's going to, not that I don't think you could get get it. Mm-hmm. Because obviously you should, you're amazing, mm-hmm. you should mm-hmm. get it. But because you have, you have a more hopeful attitude in I the mean, probably world. 90% less hopeful than I did, like... A, a year, year ago, ago yeah. or even two years ago or whatever. It's just drastically gone down It does, year. it goes like this. It's like the way that um, Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> um, structures his stand-up routines where he like he gets rid of like the, the worst, what is it, 20%? 20% every year. So And then he writes in new material and then the next year he cuts out the, the next worst 20%. So I feel like it has been a degrading amount of hope. I've just cut out all of like the the hopefulness that I had, the, the top 20% hopefulness. And then the next year I'm left with that remaining part. And then I just get rid and get rid and get rid. Yeah, I've got none now. Um, I think I'm still left with maybe like... you got way more than me. But do you remember 40. the fight we had in the summer where I was in the book hell deadline phase again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you had a self-tape? And <laughs> I was so horrible and to it was a, no, well, <laughs> I was so horrible to I was helping you. I was editing the book with you. I like had... To, you know, come in for another great day of work, like really proactive and excited. But I happened to have done a self-tape, which I didn't get. Obviously, guys, spoiler, no, I didn't get do, it. But what you do when you have one is you do this actress thing where, where, I tell you where you tell me the entire plot of the entire film. I just thought you might want to know. And you're like, and, oh, and then she does this. And it's just, and before you even started telling me the plot, you're like, oh, it's a really cool self-tape. And it, I was like, I don't want to know the whole, I don't want to know the whole story. I don't want to know the whole story. But it's like you asked how I was. You asked what it was for. So I just answered your question. I know, but all I wanted to hear was the... I think it's also my my pride. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
I mean, like, let's face it, I was never going to be able to play a young Michelle Dockery. <laughs> I think I think I've worked that out now. That was probably silly of me to get my hopes up. I don't think anyone can play a young Michelle Dockery. No. But anyway, it was really funny because you got annoyed at me for going too much in detail. I accept that. And you were stressed out and very pregnant. It wasn't about you. Time. It wasn't about me and whatever. But what was the ridiculous thing is that we got the coffees and then you told me that you just wanted to go home, like you didn't want me to come and, and oh, work with horrible, you that yeah. day. But obviously, me and Jessie have been through this situation lots of times before where she says one thing but actually means another. And as my heavily pregnant sister, I'm helping her edit her book, I'm obviously going to come with you. So you started walking home in the rain and I stayed a few paces behind you because I thought, yeah, this is going to be like in an indie movie. Like it's going to be a long shot of us walking down the road and I'm there and she knows that I'm there, but she's obviously not going to turn back. And then we're going to trundle along home and then finally we'll get to her door and she'll turn back and she'll be like, hey. And I'll be like, hey. <laughs> and she'll be like, I'm, I'm glad you stayed. And I'll be like, I was always going to stay. Anyway, I thought that's what was going to happen. And I assumed that you knew that I was there the whole time for the whole 20 minute walk. And then when we got to the zebra crossing and you sort of turned your head and you saw me, you were like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> no, but you know, the actual truth is I did know you're behind me. Good. But I also, I didn't want to have that like nice indie film moment. Mm-hmm. I was Despite the fact in... that I had walked in the rain to yeah. like protect you. Which was very uncharacteristic for you because you usually just flee. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. You I do. Think, I really don't think You've that I do. You've got much better at staying. I mean, you got we much better at flee. fighting. We yeah. both flee. You were the one that said that you didn't want me to work. I know, with you that but day. whenever I say leave, and Alfie knows this, and and we have broken up because of it. If he, if I say leave, I don't actually want you to leave. Exactly. So that's why I think I acted really well there, and you still pushed me away. I know, and I did. I did push you away. Yeah. And it's it's so stupid. It's such. Why do I do that? Because I don't want you to leave. You leave, and then I'm upset that you left. But I made. I I forced you to leave. Mm-hmm. But then I did Sorry. come back. And you we did come back, and we did a great job in the book. Yeah, you know? we did. Well, hopefully. So. That's terrifying, isn't it? I just now I'm quite worried because there's few, a very few industries that are thriving right now with coronavirus in the creative sector. Books are probably one of the. But only books ones are the only one that is thriving, and now everyone is writing a book. It's so true. Everyone. So I, I think mine's going to be lost in the mayhem mm-hmm. in the novel novel corona mayhem. But in a way, that's kind of comforting. Yeah. Because then you know, if it is terrible, like nobody will read it. Yeah, it's true. I don't mean that. Yeah. It's not, obviously no. not terrible, but like, well, now it's that kind I'm... of nice to know that like there's not too much pressure on you. No, there's so many. <laughs> and also somebody said something really comforting to me the other day. I'm just going to put the baby on my boob. Yeah, now that I'm on the final day and it's actually been handed in today, I've had to go through little bits of it and I know it so well now. And there are parts of it where I'm like, that's not very good. That's not very good. But I've tried my best. Mm-hmm. I have tried my absolute best. And... I don't care anymore. Exactly, exactly. And that's such a nice feeling because even if I get huge amounts of flack for it or if it's you know not received very well, I know this is my personal best. Exactly. So fuck you. Exactly. Fuck you. And you still did it, you know? So. Well, now you're making out that it's bad, BB. I'm not making it out Be a bit more bad. like, no, it's brilliant. It's really brilliant. I've t- told you it's brilliant a million times. It'd be more brilliant. Say, you know, say. It's super brilliant. Yeah, thank it's you. It's super brilliant. Also, you had me to help you yeah. with it. So. I mean, like, if it is, you know... It's your fault, too. If it's shit, then it's my fault, too. So, like... And I I will blame you. Exactly. I'm culpable in this. I'm fully (laughs) culpable in this. Um, Okay, so... It's so so funny about the US election stuff, though, because that week was horrible because the baby was, like, two weeks old. It was hell. Mm. Anyone who says that a newborn baby, oh, you can make it not, you know, difficult and serene... There is no way about around it. That first, the first month, which we're just coming out of, is hell. Mm-hmm. And Alfie insisted on staying up every night because of it, there was like three days where we still didn't know who mm-hmm. won. Mm-hmm. He stayed up every night with the baby. Um, he was a different person that yeah. week. Yeah. I'm just so glad Biden won because Alfie would have, I think, just done something Collapse bad. Collapsed yeah. Um Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I'm glad that Biden won too. But you're um, a big Trump fan. <laughs> You know, despite my my huge affiliation with the right wing American political party, um, but I mean, I think it would have been interesting in a way to see. I mean, given that it was such a close call, um, I don't necessarily think either candidate provides any like actual meaningful change for the country. And in a way, Trump winning would have been an interesting sort of exercise in seeing how small our bubbles are because we think that we like everyone is as liberal as we are yeah. and then actually Trump winning by a huge majority or even by a small majority like he did before it would have showed oh wow there are so many people that think completely different to us but 
Biden winning has also allowed us to see how ridiculous and angry Trump has been and how silly he's acted in his little cap, like on a golf course. I mean, that is really, really funny. But the only reason I love Joe Biden so much, I don't know anything about American politics and I'm not going to claim to know anything. But after Ben died, I did read every single book on death. Mm-hmm. And uh, Promise Me Dad, his book about his son Bo dying... Is very good, ...is yeah. absolutely brilliant. Yeah. It's beautiful. And in the book, he says, you know, it's called Promise Me Dad, and it's Bo saying to his dad, you know, promise me you're going to run for president. Mm-hmm. And it's just beautiful. I really hope he wrote it. Do, do you think he would ghostwrote it? I mean, I think, given how busy his schedule is, it's difficult to kind of believe that he would have written all of it. And the fact that it has like a vaguely political message, i.e. promise me, dad, that you're going to run for president. I really did enjoy it at the time in terms of like the emotional message. But looking back at it now, a kind of me part of things. Mm. This was something that was designed in order to help like kind of funnel him into the where long he needed game. to be. The long game. And he is like a kind of like slightly decrepit, like losing his mind level, 77 year old now. So part of me sort of thinks that he was part of this very well-oiled political machine. He yes. was the part. You know, that's that's where the party needed to be mm. right now. Oh, you've always killed things for me. Now you've just killed that book for but me. But I do also hugely sympathise with him because Definitely. of what he's been through. Definitely. And so, his wife and his daughter mm-hmm. and his son. Fuck. Exactly. So to be honest, like even if he was completely corrupt and evil, I think I would still be like, yeah. yeah. But he's been through something awful, so he's allowed to be. He's got so many grief points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He deserves so much. Exactly. Maybe we should become really corrupt and evil. Yeah. Uh, we, we've, we, we haven't cashed in our points yet. No, God, no. I just God, cannot no, wait. We haven't. When I know I get, you know, when you get a couple of little extra things mm-hmm. for it sometimes, when people are extra nice to you, when they usually wouldn't have been that nice, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I do, I just have to have some moment of it. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. Yeah, me too. I mean, I've like, I found it so much more difficult recently. Well, that's because... I think maybe because of the new baby and everything and like knowing that he's not going to meet him. Yeah. Um, And the world sort of changing so quickly and being this completely different place than it was when he was here. Yeah. It, I do find very strange. Sorry, yeah. it's kind of slightly difficult yeah, to just, talk about you this. Just, That's you like just a little man yeah, nuzzling at your chest. Fucking sad, yeah. Um, but lots of people sent me questions about grief, actually. Yeah. Um, and I'm not in to... a place where I can talk about grief right now just because I'm really happy. No, I'm not. I just, I am definitely, I'm blocking it out. And I, I know I'm blocking it out. And I know it's not healthy. And I know I need some extreme form of, like, heavy therapy but you have I so many distractions just the baby can't stuff, right yeah. now I just can't and that's I'm I'm quite enjoying being so kind of unhealthy with with that I'm, yeah. quite, I'm quite enjoying that and because I don't have any addictions and I don't have any bad things um I think w- mentally I know I'm not in a great I'm not kind of I, I just I can't factor in this right now so I'm pushing I'm putting it in a box and I know the box is over there, but I, and I'm enjoying how bad that is really. I'm enjoying how bad my my um, ability to cope is with with that right now. I just can't. Mm-hmm. And it's weird, but I just, I, there's just, I think that's, I'm, it's my prerogative to do that. Sure. I definitely think about it like every few, well, every minute still, but that doesn't mean that I'm, I'm actually um, working through anything. Yeah, but I don't necessarily think there's something to work through. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing that can be done. No. <laughs> Why have we said you look so sad? Come on, let's just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we should just cut that whole no. out. Mm-hmm. So, Bibi, we just had to have a pause because Bibi cried because she thought I wasn't being kind about her grief and I was shutting it down. But that's my coping mechanism. So I'm sorry. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. And also, grief is like really fucking depressing to talk it about. It is really sad. So I think that when people say, "Oh, can you talk about it?" It's kind of. We, we have to be really careful now because we're not grief ambassadors. No. We don't know what we're doing. No. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. And yeah. you don't know either. And it's, I think part of this period of time is, you know, you, you, it's totally because of your age. Mm-hmm. You're so, so young. Mm-hmm. And I'm so much older than you. I'm a decade older than you. And it, you kind of, you don't need to worry so much about where you are in life and what you're doing. And, Grief is kind of sometimes we can use that as a catalyst to to make ourselves feel bad about ourselves and how we're doing and yeah. compare ourselves to where we should be and think and blame grief for how we're not doing. Well, also, it's funny, the guilt that comes in when I feel really bad about something as trivial as like, you know, body image or like, you know, boys or, you know, 
auditions or anything anything small I feel really really bad about it and then I feel incredibly guilty because like I shouldn't be sad about that tiny stupid mm. thing I should be upset about this huge thing and then I fool myself or like I, I, I deceive myself and I'm like well maybe it's because actually on a deep level I am really sad about that thing and that's why I'm so sad about this when actually as a human being you're allowed to be sad about small things too yeah so um yeah, it's, it's definitely very, but very by, confusing territory. But I think that being sad about small things, what happens when you are sad about a small thing and then you feel guilty about being sad about a small thing because you've had such a big thing happen, mm -hmm. is you immediately, you, you can't help but then compare your life before and after. Mm -hmm. And that makes you feel bad that you're not in the before. Yeah. Sad that you're not in the before. Yeah. The before is fucked. Yeah, the exactly. before is gone. Exactly. So you have to just try and work out a way, even though I'm not an expert and I'm, I'm doing it badly, of letting the before be gone mm -hmm. we had the before yeah and now it's time to be it, no i know, to I, compare. know. I know and it's really hard right now because the world is on pause and we've been in pa on pause for so long now yeah that you forget that there were so many alleviations you had daily mm -hmm. that you're not able to utilize right now exactly you're not able to see as many friends if any friends you're not allowed to you know go out and go to the theater or go to a gig or whatever it's just everything is like so um concentrated and also working creatively is because uh, I recently I have also been feeling quite like productive and inspired mm. creatively but then seemingly everything maybe because we're in this sort of echo chamber right now and the only things that you really can focus on are your own mind there aren't any like outside yeah. stimuluses I mean you must find this writing a book about you know grief and stuff like that it's like everything seems to come back down to that and like these existential questions about like life and what does it all mean and like death and all this kind of stuff and sometimes I just want to be like I wish I could just like write about like a road trip or like yeah. go to the beach or something that that's, would be nice that's the, that's the test that's what you should try and yeah. force yourself to do every also, film I watch too just seems to like come back down to the grief. same fucking themes of like loss and everything it's just, even Frozen too. it's just everything yeah everything um, but also everybody is writing right now so I you know. feel like well I should be writing this this mm -hmm. masterpiece right now because mm -hmm. I've got nothing else to do exactly and then instead I'm just like it. yeah it's, it's such a confusing period of time but like I wasn't lying before when I said that actually focusing on just like have like practical enjoying things. myself and like practical things and tidying and like doing like admin type mm. stuff and having a really nice time with you and the baby and like Horatio and stuff it genuinely has made me feel so much better it's so yeah. good to get out of your own head and just you know I know and also I think the unsaid thing here is that you know I've had a baby whilst mm. grieving and I'm I'm the lucky one compared mm -hmm. because I have so many distractions each day I have two very young children and a baby mm -hmm. You know, I've got more things to distract myself than mm -hmm, you. Mm -hmm. um, so, but that's going to come back and bite me. Sure, of that's course. Gonna, You're probably going to have like in ten years' time. You're going to have like a huge, huge relapse. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to be the one that yeah, can comfort exactly. you but as you also, cry during our twentieth like season of the podcast. Yeah, I know. We're sitting in these same chairs, and I have twins. Yeah, I have a boy and a girl called Xavier and like um, Zelda or something. And you're like, I'm fine, and I'm fine now <laughs> because I worked through it. I I'm had not the time. saying that. I used the time. No, but I'm no, not no, saying I'm fine. No, yeah, I know I'm you're saying, not saying I'm you're the fine. opposite of fine, but I, I just can't. Yeah, I just can't. Yeah, God, we're just so manic, aren't we? Yeah, we're we just, are. We're <laughs> just... I mean, now you're on a high. What's your bipolar? Right? <laughs> you yeah, really Alfie, Alfie, really Alfie is actually bipolar. No, I know. And he, after the election, he was really down. Mm -hmm. He was really down that week, and then. And he was getting up really late because he was staying up late with the baby to try and get me into a better routine with feeding and stuff. And um, then one morning he got up at 7am mm -hmm. and he was bouncing yeah. and he was happy and mm -hmm. weirdly energetic. And and I said to him by about 4pm, I was like, what's, what's going on? Yeah. I don't. And he was like, oh, that... I'm having, I'm, I'm having a manic episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's I remember what it is. these. That's what it is. That's I what it is. I remember them. No, it's fun. It does spice things up a little bit. Yeah. When you know, oh, I could fall off the knife edge at any point right now. It's probably really good for your metabolism. <laughs> my, exactly. And my best friend Sophie and I were binge eaters at school. Mm. And that was what we bonded over. Because what's fun about binge eating is the fact that, like, when you're not, um, when you're not, like, stuffing your face full of, like, Nutella sandwiches in the school common room, 
like you know that you could be doing that yeah. at any minute and so every moment that you're not and you're in English or you're like walking somewhere and you're like wow I haven't binged yet today it's the excitement of knowing that you really could fuck things up yeah. it's, a, it's a complete natural thrill oh definitely yeah it's also always related I mean binge eating isn't something I've ever done massively but I definitely went through a phase of eating um, a whole box of cereal in one, in one yeah, hour yeah definitely but also yeah. when I just had Donny and my metabolism was all over the place because mm-hmm. of breastfeeding and pumping madly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the adrenaline of having a baby. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I got ravenous at some, some days. And I would then go and get every single sweet mm-hmm. or crisp mm-hmm. and, and, and completely binge. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. It, it, it was probably tied in completely with being a new mother and mm-hmm. not knowing what's going on with Alfie and kind of my work. And, you know, I was, I was just manic. It gotcha. just always, always ties in I think like that, that. I think the eating habits are actually really, really indicative of mental state and the kind of person that you are. If you're the sort of person that can like eat two blocks of chocolate and not need any more and has like three balanced meals a day and has never struggled, you probably have like quite a calm mindset. Mm-hmm. But if you're someone like me or you who has like, like, I don't know, ups and downs when it comes to like the way that you handle things like that, it's because that's how we also approach the world. We're like kind of more emotional type of yeah, people. Kind of, I think with Margot, I was much more worried about losing the bump quickly. And I would, and because it was much more straightforward, I just mm-hmm. was immediately home and I was immediately walking around and it wasn't locked down so I could leave the house and go for a walk mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time I've come straight back home after being in this incubation hospital period, come straight back into lockdown and not been out of the house in days not really moved around very much because I'm writing or breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And I don't care about mm-hmm. my body. I mean, I would like to, you know, look like Pamela Reef one mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. but I don't, I just don't care anymore. Yeah. It's really nice. I obviously am still vain and mm-hmm. stuff, but it's just amazing that you just, it's, I feel free. Yeah. That's really, free. really cool. Yeah. That is really, really cool. So I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, um, uh, I don't know, I feel like there are two schools of thought where it's like some people think that it's important to not care at all about body image and stuff like that in order to like truly be empowered and a feminist and all this kind of stuff. It's like a much more woke way of thinking. And then other people are like, no, I do give a shit about how I look and I do try and lose weight and I do control what I eat. But that's also part of like my way of looking at the world. And that's like, you know... I don't think that's necessarily unempowering or anti-feminist, like no. caring about the way you look. I think I'm probably more in that second school of thought. I'm I think... definitely in second school of thought, but it's only because I know I, I, I perform better as a person when I'm organised. Exactly. I know that if I feel <clears throat> unattractive or something like that, it does matter to me. Mm. And obviously that's probably due to like, you know, fucked up influences from you know the, the world at large. But the fact is, if I feel better in the moment... Um, looking a certain way or feeling like I've worked to look a certain way then I'm probably going to perform better and feel better so I'm yeah. going to like let myself do that definitely I think that and I think that people should be less judgmental about you know talking about exercise videos or like you know people feeling like self-conscious and stuff like that yeah. I don't think that like the only people that are worthwhile of like seeming intellectual or feminist in some way are the people that completely disregard any care for your like outward image you know no, I think that that's because you're part of this woke yeah. generation. That, yeah, yeah that which I'm desperately trying to just fucking elbow my way out of. No. But I seemingly am just stuck in it. No, but you, so you, your idols or your generation's idols are the people who, who say, oh, don't worry about that. Exactly. Don't worry about that. That's, that's going to confine you. Don't mm-hmm. ever worry mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's not the way the exactly. world... They still the also, those people that are telling you to like stop caring about beauty standards still absolutely abide by all of the beauty standards. So I feel like it can be quite ironic sometimes. Okay, so somebody asked how... I'm you really keep... worried my nipple has like been on show a lot. Don't worry, you, like we can blur it out anyway. It has to be blurred out. <laughs> So, somebody asked how you keep the romance alive after six years. Uh, six years. Mm. It's not, well, it's been, it, we're, our relationship is as, is as old as Donnie is, mm-hmm. and Donnie's just turned six, but plus four months. So. Yeah. Uh, plus a day. <laughs> <laughs> plus a night. <laughs> one night. Um, it is really strange having three kids with a one night stand because suddenly I'm, it's, and also that he looks identical mm-hmm. to Donnie. It's kind of reliving history. Now that I know Alfie, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. so fucked up. Exactly, like this pregnancy and this newborn is 
the version of your life that you would have had had you been in a relationship with Alfie before you'd had Donny. If we had, yeah, if you had had a one night stand, yeah, and if so, you sort of get to like redo things, definitely, and do them really badly, do them really badly, yeah. No, oh, there's the doorbell, damn. So that's yeah, romance of longevity. Should I stop this again? Yeah, great. um, Um, So yes, keeping the romance alive after six years. Um, well, right now there is no romance, but we've luckily. It's quite nice. I quite enjoy it because mm. we're. I really like him, mm-hmm. which is just thank God. God, yeah, that would be so Fuck. shit if you didn't. I would be stuck. Mm. I really would be. But mm. I really like him as a friend, which is the first time I've actually because we've been joking and calling each other mates for the first time because obviously with it we've had zero time with the book and with the baby and the other kids, so we've just been. We just are like friends now. It's mm. weird. Obviously, I don't want that. I would like to have sex again. Yeah. <laughs> at, at some point, that would be nice. Yeah. But I'm still heavily bleeding. Yeah. And it's we had sex too soon previously with Margot and Donnie. Mm. And I fucked up my vagina. So I'm mm. not doing that again. Mm. Mm-hmm. Didn't you tell me that you put in like a gel that like heals yeah. your vagina completely? It doesn't heal it. It just stops the... the obviously, you've had, a, you've had different, a different... Thing inside of you for this amount of time. Mm-hmm. So when you're when you give birth, you're clearing that out, and mm-hmm. it can, it's so gross. No, I love it. Honestly, it I love it. It continues to clear out for for weeks. Mm-hmm. It's still going on. Yeah. Um, and it's actually, I think, so 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 basically, you need something to rebalance your vagina and the mm-hmm. the, the pH. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I tested the pH of my vagina the other day. Bang on, exactly exactly what it had to be. I got four really? marks. But it's like with the temperature, if something's, if I'm bang on 37, I'm like, well, I could get sick. You don't want it to be bang on, you mm-hmm. want it to be slightly mm-hmm. under. Yeah, yeah, slightly freaky, yeah. yeah. Sure, 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 just to feel alive. Yeah. Um, so my pH is still really fucked up. Great. I'm not going to fuck with that again. No, okay. No. But basically, your key to keeping the romance alive after six years is, you know, being buddies, just enjoying each other's company. Yeah, and also just not letting yourself go mm-hmm. to such an extent that it's like, who are you? What? Yeah, God, what I? I think that that's a really interesting point. I think that there should be amount of effort put in by both people in a relationship because you got together for <laughs> certain reasons. You don't want to let yourself go no. completely because that kind of shows that you don't think the other person is worth as much effort once you've sort of won their heart. Yeah. I mean, I still, you know, try and like... Do your pole dance. <laughs> Do your pole dancing routines for him. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, do your pole, do your pole dance, five blowjobs a week. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> do you know what? Like, cause keep them happy. I remember watching. Um, I think I've said this on the podcast before about the celebrity brother contestant who was a gangster. She was in Real Housewives, but she was married to a gangster, mm-hmm. and she had a New York accent. Obviously, I'm not going to try and do. And somebody asked her, "How do you keep the relationship alive?" And she was like, three blowjobs a week." <laughs> <laughs> And that is that stayed that's up honest, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's stayed not far here. off, is yeah. it? That's really not far off. It's so embarrassing because okay. um, me and Alfie had to do a sketch for the stand-up sketch show for ITV2, which was this is actually uh, it, it will be out next year, so everyone can witness this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and he he didn't tell me that he had written in a scene where I'm giving him a blowjob in during labour mm-hmm, with Donny, mm-hmm. and this is. This is fact. I can't deny that's what happened. But you have to have context, mm-hmm. which he obviously hasn't put into the sketch because it's for, you know, a sketch. The context was I was I barely knew Alfie and I wanted to keep him happy. Mm. And I was worried that with a new baby, the sex would I didn't know what it would be like after. So yeah. I was thinking, well, this is one of our few last chances to, you know, for me to seem young and youthful and you yeah, know, despite the fact that you're literally my in a birth ward. <laughs> so I wasn't funny. in a birth ward. No, that's oh shit, people are gonna think it was in a hospital. That would be fucked up. No, this was at home because my water's oh, broke. I always thought it's when you were in the hospital. Always. No, my water's broke. My water's broke, so we had two days of just wandering around. I see. It makes so much more sense that you were at home. I always thought it was really fucking weird. It was at night time too, so it wasn't abnormal. Yeah. It was just, you know, it was a normal, it was it was just me trying to be like cool and sexy and, oh, don't worry, I'm, yeah, I'm... I'm yeah, that, that's like the ultimate female deflection um, of like women <laughs> pretending like they're cool about stuff that they're not cool about. Like, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm having, I'm kind of having a baby, but like, no, honestly, let me suck your dick. Like, no, 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 like, that's what I want to do. No, 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 like, I'm cool. But that I'm is... I'm the cool girl. That is exactly what happened. That is what I was doing and it's so embarrassing. But um, we filmed this sketch with a whole film crew and I was adamant that it was going to be me who was playing me because I didn't want some you of know. a whore sucking his dick, <laughs> even simulating it. So, but as we were filming it, I was like, this is the first time I've ever done anything remotely sexy or sexual on camera. 
Really? And I wasn't even doing anything, but I'm not seen as a sexual I've never done person. anything sexual on screen. I've Barely kissed, kissed people, but Barely kissed. Mm. Mm. The only person I kissed, actually, was Ollie Alexander in Summerhill. Yeah, and he's super gay now. <laughs> he's king of the gays. He is, and he also, he the kiss is like quite extreme for CBBC. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember thinking that on CBBC at the time. I was like, ooh, Jesse, get it, girl. But that's the sexiest I've ever been, kissing Ollie Alexander. I feel like people don't view us in a particularly no. sexual way. No. Whatsoever. And we're rampant. Exactly, so. exactly. Yeah. Poor them. Poor them. Poor them for not, not having the, the foresight. Exactly. Have you ever experienced um, getting the ick with someone? No, but I saw this and mm-hmm. I didn't. I had to Google it. Mm-hmm. I, do know, it. I do know what the ick is. Mm-hmm. Have you got it? You get it. You so get it. But you get it very times. quickly. So I tend to throw myself headlong mm-hmm. into stuff. And then within two weeks, it's just like this person repulses me beyond belief. And it's the most heartbreaking thing because I tended, especially when I was younger, to go for people that weren't that interested in me anyway. They would be these sort of like geeky boys that, you know, I didn't really know particularly well. They kind of hated me, exactly. But then I just like tunneled my way into their life, forced them to like me because I was just like pouring like adoration on them. And then within two weeks, the second that they started to like me, I just completely turned them off. Yeah. Like, I, I couldn't even look at them. And it's the most brutal thing in the world to do to someone because That's they feel like they've gone crazy. That's why I don't trust you when you say you like someone. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, I'm going to give this a few weeks. You, you don't think that it's, it's a thing with Still the iteration. Still not think. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, this one, this one is more believable. Yeah, no. Yeah, in the past, I mean, I remember watching you through a window in Edinburgh, seeing you with a guy. And I was watching you and thinking, she's... She's not that into him, but she thinks she yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, I came back, I was like floating. I was like, oh my God, that was the most amazing thing. Within two weeks, I had to block him on all fours on social yeah. media. So and when you came inside, me. I saw you in the corridor and you were like, I'm just, I'm just so happy. <laughs> and I was like, oh. night, oh, night. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've never, I've, I definitely have had the ick in a relationship, but I've never been in a relationship before Alfie that I actually liked the person. Mm-hmm. So the whole relationship was it. I think that the way to avoid it, I realise tactically now, um, is to genuinely like the person, as you said, rather than sort of picking a person that you've decided that you're going to become completely obsessed with in a purely romantic way. If you actually like the guy or the girl or whatever um, as a friend first, and then the romantic stuff develops on top of that, then you won't get it. You never get it. And also, especially right now with the, um, the, the blood still coming from the baby and the extreme, like lack of dignity that happens when you're giving birth Mm -hmm. with blood pouring everywhere and Mm -hmm. leaking everywhere and having to kind of show your boobs and be naked and in really ridiculous positions and Mm -hmm. the it's just so embarrassing every single step and it's they they call it the fourth trimester that the the bit after you just had the baby where you your body is still adjusting and you're still technically it's you're going through something massive Mm -hmm. Mm The, the positions and the situations Alfie has seen me in, you know, sending him out to buy pads at, you know, midnight or to, to, to get me this for my vagina or to, to, to give me... I had to buy, when I had mastitis, you know, to go and get me cabbage for my boobs and then to go and get me a special... What? You have to put cabbage on your boobs to kind of... It, it does nothing, but everyone's like, put cabbage on your boobs, so everyone does it. Uh-huh. Did it work? No, of course it doesn't work, but I did it. Um, he, I got him to get me a... I, I had to buy a special breast hand expression thing which basically looks like a penis mm. Mm. <laughs> I won't tell you what it's called because I don't want people to be put off getting one because they are actually brilliant and very effective but um I saw somebody comment I, I, I put on Instagram that I had mastitis and somebody commented oh my god you must get these so I got one and it does look like a rubber penis mm. and you squeeze it on your boob and then you just unsqueeze it and then it just hangs off <laughs> hangs off your boob like this I've seen it, yeah. I've seen it, yeah. It's so unattractive. Yeah. It's and so weird that your body can just create that. I just don't... It's And Alfie likes squeezing onto my boob and seeing my nipple do that and then hang off. He doesn't enjoy it in a sexy way. He enjoys it in a, this is so gross <laughs> way. And you just realise, oh God, there's just no point in having any... If you like the person, it doesn't matter. I mean, he might be planning his exit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but he can't right now because I've and got a newborn. And he's got three kids out of you, to yeah. be fair. You have, you've, you've performed brilliantly. He would look like such a bad man. God, yeah. Oh, my God. Exactly. If he left me now... Mm-hmm. You've won for sure. You can ruin his career. Oh, I cannot wait to exactly. do that. Yeah. Um, I think that we have to mention that if anybody has uh, been listening to 
our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Um, <laughs> there's a slight issue. There's a slight snafu that we've found ourselves in where they seem... <laughs> They seem to have used the the top Google image search images for both Jesse and I. And those images really aren't great. Now, with me, it was, you know, when I was like 18 or something, I don't look great. Like, but we but didn't to be know- honest, like that that's fine. It's a very bad photo, it's flash, you know, slightly shiny forehead. Um, it's not a great photo of me, but I could live with it. But unfortunately for Jesse, <laughs> we maybe have the image here. It's it's really not great. So what we're thinking of doing is if everybody could just search up our names on Google and yes. then click on a really fit image of yeah, the two of us. The maybe we'll one. insert ones here that we think would work. Maybe it won't even be a picture of me. Maybe it'd be like Scarlett Johansson or something. Just like everyone click on that image, look up BBK and then click on that image and then maybe... I think this that shows that be... also I can never be seen without glasses. No. <laughs> and the embarrassing thing about this image is that I was at a premiere. Yeah. Uh, this was in my... <laughs> That's what she thought. That was her red carpet look. You ha- the, but, that, but that's actually the best bit of the entire... If they saw the whole image, I was wearing an 80s ruffle floral dress and a yeah, we'll sparkly find, we'll find a picture. green yeah, yeah, yeah. cardigan and shoes that my mum hid from me because she thought they were so ugly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She and loved those shoes. They were clomping around a lot, actually. Because, because I gained weight since Harry Potter and this was in the very quick... This is the film... There was a delayed release for the film. So in that period before the film was released, I gained a lot of weight and I worried that people wouldn't recognise me at the premiere. So I... I I very strategically curled my hair so that people would be like, oh, that's Lavender Brown. Yeah, she's fat now, but that's Lavender Brown. I can mm. recognise her. Mm. So um, I curled my hair like that and I, I genuinely thought that that was a a kind of... Do you remember Miu Miu, the designer? Is that still a thing? Yeah. So they did like some really weird, quirky dresses at the time that obviously I couldn't afford. So this was a dress from £8 from Beyond Retro. But I didn't realise the thing about Miu Miu and designer dresses is that you need to be... You need very, to be thin. Very you need thin. to be real very thin. Very thin. You need to be Jennifer Aniston seasons two to six of Friends. Yeah. Uh, ideally with her nipples. And God, um, your nipples are fully out. So I'm I, hard. I'm hard. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I basically, I was going for that Mew Mew designer look, mm. but I ended up looking gorgeous. Like I, <laughs> I'm in the eighties, yeah, yeah. and, and you carried a big old bag around with you everywhere as well. Mary Poppins, like you were going to a sleepover. Mm. But it was my, I was unique, you know, I was unique. Truly, and also inspirational. But inspirational. I, on the red carpet, that that looks like it's, you know, they've asked me to take the photo. Yeah. You know, in a sunny photo. I, I made them take the photo. Yeah. <laughs> so I only have myself to blame for that Apple pop podcast image. But it would just be great. If, if it wasn't there. If those were not the pictures that they used for both of us. So let's definitely try and sort sort out that issue. But the great thing is, I feel this, I feel a new sense of calm and zen about that image now. I don't mind it. And no. it's because I'm 10 years older and I, I accept that is not far away from what I actually look like. That's you, okay. You look beautiful. I mean, your skin looks amazing. Your hair looks amazing. <laughs> you just look... <laughs> you really look like you're in the wrong place. <laughs> no, Shane Alfie, that image, he did back away. Yeah. He did. There are some awful, awful photos of me online. But there's awful photos of everyone unless you are like... Okay, have you noticed the spider up there? Because I can't stop looking at it. It keeps moving. <laughs> this spider just won't leave the house. It's watching everything. I saw um, a vine of Limmy, you know, Limmy yeah. show. He smiles and then a spider comes out of his mouth and calls up his face. Oh. He genuinely did that. Insane. But yeah, so I think in five years' time, you'll feel better about that image of you. I know. And also, like, I genuinely realise now, and I know this is, this is something that women say all the time as you get older, but, like, there is nothing I can do to change the way that I look. Like, no. you know, I could lose loads of weight, I could gain loads of weight, I could change my hair or something like that, but ultimately, I'm always going to look slightly like a milkmaid period drama typey person I'm never gonna look <laughs> like a sort of chic angular model so I should just embrace the the, the category that I'm in yeah and I'm fine with that now but that's also why I'm as I've spoken about before I'm au natural with yeah. every with my mm. hair and mm. stuff because I I know I'm gonna be like a 50 year old woman with insanely long hair and everyone's gonna find me a bit creepy mm. but mm. they're gonna be like she's got she's got good straight long hair yeah Exactly, um, healthy hair like a horse's mane. I just know there's no point. I'm going to be that creepy older woman who's got way too long hair and just looks a bit no, weird. Look amazing. No, I'm amazing. Gonna, I am going to look weird, but I'm, I don't mind. I think it's better to look weird than old, to be honest. So there you go. I look weird and old. 
so I'm the you really the don't whole. you really really don't I watched um on YouTube recently I've been watching um not only like loads of uh vine compilations because um, you're in a good place because I'm in a really <laughs> healthy place just strong tight I really enjoy it but also last night I watched this uh, YouTube channel called Jenica and Annika it's a woman who had a baby when she was 13 Oh my god! Yeah, and so her daughter now is the same age that she was when she had the baby. And I watched this video; it's got like seven million views. Where the the mum, this twenty eight year old, is telling her fourteen year old about how, what what happened when she found out she was pregnant. <gasps> she found out when she was she found out when she was six months along. Wow! Because somebody at the school had been spreading a rumor that she was pregnant because people knew that she was having sex with her boyfriend. And then the, her younger sister, who was eleven at the time, and she had a five year old as well, five year old brother as well came home from school telling the mum, oh, everyone's been saying that Jenica's pregnant. And so the mum, really, really Christian Southern woman, bought her a pregnancy test. And Jenica was like, of course I'm not pregnant, that'd be crazy. And then three tests down the line, she was. They went to the hospital, did a scan, and the baby was fully formed, and she had her two and a half months later. Wow. So she's like the real Gilmore Girls. But they had this lovely relationship, and it was just so fascinating. I can't imagine what it must be like when you have somebody who's the age that you were, yeah. you know? Like, can you imagine when Margot's going to be sort of 28 or something. Well, she is quite mature for her age, so yeah. Mm, I mean, she's mm. only four, but she's not far away from being quite... Um... That's true. Anyway, so I, I'm i obsessed with uh, reels mm-hmm. and seeing... <laughs> reels, I'm sorry, reels are like vines. Yeah, you exactly. can't no, judge no, me. No, 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 I'm not, I'm me. not. Because my, my, you know, if you start clicking on one thing, then it all comes up to... So now I only get breastfeeding um, reels and women with their, their nipples and being like, I love breastfeeding too. <laughs> um... And there's, but I also click on the couples who do exercise videos together. Have mm. you seen the one where they do the coordinated, the couple who do the coordinated um, workouts to music? Oh God, and they do like uh, exercises that you can only do with one other person, right? Uh, oh no, I don't do that. I don't see, are you worried about the spider? I just keep hearing the little sounds here mm. and I think that it's like crawling up on my shoulder. We also, um, <coughs> so we've, we've been speaking for over an hour now, so we can probably, you know, maybe wrap it up. Oh no, so basically, in t- following on from my thing about hair, mm-hmm. so... Even though, because um, obviously it's locked down and I can't go out to a hairdresser and I haven't been to a hairdresser in 15 years. Yeah. Um, would you cut my hair? <laughs> I would love yeah. to. I watch hair cutting videos all yeah. the time. So that's what we're going to put on Patreon if you want to see BB hair cutting, BB cutting my hair. Um, I'm only going to have half an inch, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. Um, it's quite it's long. Fine. And also I can do a blunt end because you like yeah. it with blunt ends, don't you? Yeah. So I'm going to give you leeway sure. of up to two inches if you do it slanted. That's very exciting. Um, and we, um, lots of people are really sweet on Patreon. Um, and that's very nice. Mm, that is very nice. Yeah. Very, very nice. Social media has become incredibly important. And I think that it's good to not be too like harsh on yourself for using it. Because it is actually a way to connect with people. Yeah, And definitely. see the world and, you know... I think that social media activism is like, you know, although it can be like really annoying and whatever, it's been incredibly effective. And it's like, we live in this very, very connected world now. I think we're lucky to like be able to access so much information all at once. There's and be so informed. much helpful stuff. It genuinely saves me. Oh my God, the spider. It genuinely saved me with the mastitis stuff because mm-hmm. I would then, I would then Google what people had commented mm-hmm. and I got things that, that, that helps me. Exactly. It helps you feel less isolated in a world where we're isolating. Yeah. So. And we should say thank you to, for the music. Well. Oh, yes. Yeah. So um, I was able to uh, work with Alfie's dad, who's a composer recently called Steve Brown. He's been amazing. And he introduced me to Magda Archer, who is a really, really cool musician. And she has a band called The Cola Cubes. And that's the music that's played at the beginning. So now we them. actually have music. It's very, yeah. very cool. Very so cool. you guys should listen to them on Spotify. Yeah. So... Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm. Please like and subscribe. Please like and subscribe. And if you want to read about, you know, my beautiful um, traumatic birth story, Mm -hmm. subscribe to to Patreon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe I'll I'll do, um, maybe I'll do a Patreon post too about... um, You're much more, she's much more sassy than me. Yeah, I'll I'll do it about... Hey guys. Yeah. I'll do it about how um, I found a new condition of this lockdown. Because that's, that's, that's what I've, that's pretty much the only thing that I've learned. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could speak about your um, t- 
Tattoo experience. Oh yeah, I could be about my tattoo yeah. experience. Cool. BB's a bit emotional right yeah. now, which yeah. I am not dismissing. Yeah. I'm not dismissing her emotion. Thank you, Jessie. Um, I'm thought... just more of a cold bitch than she is. <laughs> Even I... though she's a cancer. Yeah, exactly. Um, basically, I thought that, because I was feeling so terrible about um, everything, big and small, I kind of felt like it would be good, because you have a tattoo, Mummy has a tattoo, Jamie has a tattoo, that this would be like something obvious and clear on my body that I could look at like a sort of uh, trigger button and be like, well, we yeah. have tattoos in dedication to Ben. Exactly. Is, yeah. Um, so that's that's what I thought I was going to do. I tried to do it last year at the same time as you guys, but I ran away because seeing it on my body just felt so alien. And I think at that point, I just, yeah, I really, really couldn't cope with it. But this time around, I really thought I was in this mature adult place ready to have this done. And it was Halloween, so I was dressed up all in um, a pink dress and, like, corset and stuff because I was uh, being Princess Bubblegum from uh, Adventure Time. And no one asked me to dress up. No, it was that just was silly. silly Margo. That's silly I see now, but it felt good. And I turned up to the tattoo parlour on my own because <laughs> nobody could come with me. The whole day. I should have known. That was very manic of me, turning up in a full costume to a tattoo parlour. These guys thought I was super weird. Um, and I showed them the picture. It was, um, like, a, from a drawing that Ben had done. And it is really cool in theory really 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 cool but the second that this guy this kind of like slightly over familiar tattoo artist drew it on my arm kind of laughed at my costume and he asked what the tattoo was for and I sort of implied and he just wasn't particularly like warm about it when I expressed that I was feeling slightly scared he said it's it's not gonna hurt in fact I'll just do the first letter and then you'll feel that it won't hurt and I said no 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 I, I really feel like actually I'm not sure I think I might want to call someone he grabbed my arm pulled me towards him and was like no I'll do the first letter and then you then you'll see that it won't hurt so much and I I freaked out I prop like tears came out horizontally from my eyes and hit him he backed away from me and then I I called mummy and had a long so bad cry about it if you just had one thing on, you mm-hmm. would have, it does, it really hurts. Exactly. And it wouldn't, it wasn't about the pain at all. I'm, I'm not scared of the pain of it, but it, it was just the fact that seeing it on my body, it didn't feel right. It, I mean, I think it just has to be something that like corresponds with who you are. And I do want a tattoo at some point, but this just didn't feel right. So I'm really glad that I decided not to go through with it, but it was so fucking embarrassing having to extricate myself out of that situation. But also I think it maybe shows that you're not ready for a tattoo because also it does make it quite real. So if you're having a tattoo just for fun, it's different to having a tattoo for something that's symbolic and meaningful. Mm -hmm. And um, you you just basically should never ask anybody about what their tattoo means because I made that mistake once of asking somebody what it meant, just kind of, oh, what does it mean then? And then he, he told me quite an emotional story about why he'd had it and... I've ever since I've learned that it's a really big deal for people what they have on them and yeah. maybe you're not ready to have an a, a, an obvious sign Physical of something reminder. that's happened. I thought it would be nice. I thought the fact is you can never escape this thing. So I thought it would be nice to have something that represents that. But also the fact that I wanted it at a point when I was really struggling shows that I basically thought it would be like an easy band-aid solution for like, yep, yep, I did that. So that shows that I've got over, you know, certain processes. Which is exactly what I did. But like, (laughs) it's just like I hadn't. So it was like, it was a very interesting educational experience. But it also shows how different we are because I got it done immediately. And I was like, right, I'm having it on my wrist. Every time I look at it, I'm going to remind myself how lucky I am Mm -hmm. and how lucky I've been Mm -hmm. and how much I've got to look forward to. And even though this horrible thing has happened, there's going to be a new sun tomorrow Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be okay. Even when I was in the the, the beginning, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. it was it was you know two months yeah. after. Mm-hmm. It is in retrospect, I'm and I'm so glad, and it's only now I'm looking at it and I'm reaping the rewards of having it because exactly. it's, it is reminding me. But for a long time, I I did just not look at it. Exactly. So I think that there's just like no one way that you can deal with it or like help with it. But it was fun. It was definitely a good experience. And um, does anyone have any recommendations for tattoo parlors by women? in with not scary aggressive men that are just going to grab your arm you know this won't hurt this it just it was the way that he seemed to think that like starting it would help when actually it wasn't the pain that i was scared of it was just you just that's it was the idea of it it really really freaked me out so let's name and shame this tattoo parlor right now so much no no it was fine the guy at the front desk was really (laughs) nice they were really nice and he said that even though the restrictions if i wanted to come back i could come and bring someone because he said that he could tell that i was clearly scared so that was nice that's nice um 
So yeah, so if you have any recommendations, please can you mm-hmm, tell mm-hmm. us? Because I want to get another one. I want to look. I want to have one. It would look super badass, but it's got to be. Yeah, it does make to, me immediately like very cool. It just it? instantly makes Even you though cooler. it's a sun, it's a sunrise. I think it's lovely. It might as well be a palm tree. And it's branding as well. It's great. Well, I didn't mean it. That's what people think it is, but mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, is that a sun? That's a sunset too. Mm. Oh wow! So I have branded myself. It's gorgeous. It really, really is gorgeous. Okay. Um. So we um. We're really lucky that we have been able to do this, you know, podcast throughout lockdown yeah. and work together and everything like that. So yeah. I think we just got to make the most of it and do yeah. whatever we can, you know? Yeah. To, to be upbeat. To, like, let's just be, be happy. Upbeat people. I'll try and be less jarringly up and down. <laughs> Maybe today is the day that I actually send my novel in. I think it's going to be. I think it is. I think but it's going to be. I actually have to do that. So. so should we give some recommendations for things that we've been enjoying? Um, well, I have, oh yeah, well, the only thing that I've been enjoying is, um, The West Wing. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's so apt for right now as well. I know that everyone says that about everything that they're watching because they have to be watching the thing that is apt for right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but The West Wing is actually, it's brilliant. I mm-hmm. just, Alfie's watching it for the fifth time and he's making me watch it with him. He cries at every episode, every episode. I look at him and he's, he's, he's crying. He's a very emotional guy. But it is really good, so you should mm-hmm, watch that. Mm-hmm. Any podcasts that you've been listening to? That well, the only good? podcast that I, I, I haven't really had any time to listen to podcasts because mm-hmm. I haven't been outside the house, obviously, um, in a long time. Mm-hmm. But I did Sophie Ellis Spexter's podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, she came over to. She's so cool. She came over just before lockdown, and it was just before I had the baby. I didn't know I was about to have the baby, mm-hmm. and she was amazing to speak to because her podcast is all about working mothers and how you kind of how you kind of navigate that guilt of working and feel f- feeling fulfilled. And she's honestly the nicest person. Mm. And she's got five kids. And I just think she's amazing. She's okay, really great. amazing. Yeah, so what about you? Um, I've been listening to um, Red Scare, which is like a cultural theory podcast, which is amazing. And you've got a T-shirt. So, and me and my brother and Horatio have all been listening to it, and we're all going to get T-shirts. Red Scare? Red Scare. So they're these um, two sort of Russian-born American girls who sort of dissect pop culture and politics, and they're just like incredibly cynical about everything. And they're just the most intelligent people I've ever listened to. And oh, it's wow. so funny, so I would really, really recommend that if you are into like politics and stuff. Um, I'm not, but yeah. I will. I will try to be. Maybe they, that will they get make me it, They make it really accessible and they're unpretentious about it. They yeah. kind of like, they have a very sort of apt take on yeah. the world. And I think it's just really, really interesting. I need that. Yeah. Do you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice when you listen to people that are super intelligent and have a sort of similar worldview to you. And basically anything that they say, you can convince yourself that despite the fact that you've basically just heard it and you've used it for yourself, you can be like, well, I would have got there probably myself. So like... That was kind of my idea. So that's sort of what I've been doing. Um, and in terms of television, um, we've been watching a lot of anime. So Neon Genesis Evangelion is probably like the the god tier one that you have to get into. It's absolutely amazing. And it's really great escapism because it's all set in like a crazy world. And there's a lot of like, you know, world investment that you can get into with that. Well, lots of, what, what's that I just can't get in. There's oh, there's, a, there's lots of big there's, there's anime absurd. breasts as well. A, it's just... Absurd. Absurd. <laughs> it is absurd. It's the most like sexualized child version of anything that I've ever seen. It's it's brilliant. It okay. really, really escapes. <laughs> I'll look that up. Thank you very much for that recommendation. Should we say bye-bye? Bye-bye. Bye. Wow, he's done his first podcast yeah. at four weeks old. <laughs> She's going crazy now. She's going crazy. Watch her now.